You've tuned into a mega church. We are a people hungry to encounter God through worship and His Word, being witnesses to the world around us. We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal Himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. Make our affirmation, Kingdom of God is here. One more time, kingdom of God is here. Of God is here. Amen. What, a, what an affirmation. I tell you, it is really awesome that uh, we have the kingdom of God with us, in us, through us, into the world. So praise God for it. So we are looking into Second Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 6 this morning. Um, usually when, uh, when uh, preachers travel, and go to another country, usually they say the anointing increases, multiplies many times. So even before we go, I see it already happening. <laughs> I praise God for it. I can feel the anointing of God more. And uh, yesterday I had a, I talked to a friend of mine as I just greeted him and he just started prophesying. So I asked him, so how come that you broke out into I mean, prophesying? He said, the Spirit of the Lord came. So, did you spend a lot of time in prayer? I said, no, maybe you are more spirit-filled today. That's why I got into prophecy, he said. Praise God. So, that's little, little things, but God encourages us, strengthens us, and lets us know that he has not forgotten us, and he just wants to know that he is with us. So praise God for the testimony. And, uh, yeah, we had an awesome time on the Friday night prayer. How many of you enjoyed it? Praise God. There are quite a lot of people. So there are some more who need to join, isn't it? <laughs> Please come. This is an awesome time. And we, we felt the power of God, presence of God was mighty presence of God was there. So don't miss out. It's only once a month, last Friday. So next Friday, we hope to see many of you. Thank you, Lord Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So chapter 3, verse 1. Dear friends, what nice words. Apostle addressing the recipients of this letter as dear friends. In some translations, the word uses beloved. But this is most loved. And when you see such nice words, if a mom says such nice words to the child, it means she's going to tell something very bad about you. change, you know. <laughs> you better change the way you're doing, you know. You, you want to be very loving to correct the child. Oh, my honey, where are you? Oh, the child will know she's going to say something now. <laughs> anyway, the apostle here is showing basically not that kind of a thing. What he's trying to do is like a good shepherd who cares for the sheep, he is interested in the welfare of his recipients. So he uses the endearing words, my dear friends, dear friends, or beloved. This is now my second letter to you. Now those words, some people say, are, this may not be written by Peter. So in order to make it feel like it is written by Peter, he is using, using those words. Nonsense, I don't agree with that. If I say, that I'm, if I want to authenticate myself and uh, I, I say some words, it doesn't mean I am not the one who's speaking. So it is possible that, uh, it's not just possible, it is, he wrote, uh, it is written by Peter himself, 
and um, he is reminding the recipient that this is my second letter. That means he already has written one, and now he is writing the second letter. Why? What is the purpose of his writing? The purpose of his writing is that to stimulate you to hold some thinking. Some other translations use different words. Stir up, to stir you up. Everybody say the word stir you up. What is he going to stir you about? Why does he need to stir you? If you are unless asleep, there is no need to stir you up. Isn't it? If you are asleep, you need to be awakened. You need to be shaken. So, this is the same word you will see in different places. But in the book of Acts, you see that Paul was speaking late into the night. And there was a young man sitting on the window. And he fell asleep. And he fell from there down. And when they went down to pick him up, he was dead. But Paul went and fell on that guy. And hugged him and prayed. And he came back to life. So, the point here is, we should not be sleeping. That's the first thing. The church, sometimes many people fall asleep. When I'm standing here, I can see people falling, falling asleep. But <laughs> I can't do much about it. But the point is that you should not be falling asleep. Not only literally in, in the church, but in your life. Don't be asleep. Why? One of the facts that we should be always awake is because Jesus coming is very near. That's what he's going to say in the following verses. And Peter himself fell asleep. When? In the garden of Gethsemane. What did he do? He took three of the disciples. Peter is one of them. And he says, stay here, guys. And he went a stone's throw away. And he fell on his face and he was praying. And he told them to pray. When he came back, he found them asleep. He said, can you not keep awake for one hour? How long did he say? One hour. And he went again to pray. And when he came back again, they were sleeping again. They were awakened, but they were, their sleep was overcoming them. The sleep was overcoming them. And I tell you, many of our spiritual lives are like the disciples who went with Christ into, the, into that uh, difficult hour of Jesus. And he says, pray with me for one hour, and they're falling asleep. If there's anything that can awaken you, the prayer itself. You may be falling asleep when you are praying. But to keep you awake, that prayer will keep you awake. When you pray with power in it. When you pray with um, uh, uh, what you call uh, emotion into it. You cannot be falling asleep. You know, these days I have discovered and I am trying to keep myself fit. So I am walking in the daytime. Go for a walk three or four kilometers. And because of that, what I am doing. In the night, I was preparing for the message. And I was falling asleep on sitting on the chair. I said, if I'm going to pray now, I'm going to fall asleep. So I said, I'll walk in the house. I walked two and a half kilometers. <laughs> so I just, my point is, when you, are, when you think that prayer is important, you will not fall asleep. You will keep awake. You will stand and pray. You will walk and pray. You will do whatever is required to keep you awake. Why? Because it's important. Because it's important. So here Peter is encouraging them. Uh, is trying to stir them up so that they will not, uh, so that they will have, uh, the NIV uh, says here, to stimulate you to hold some thinking. But in uh, some other translations, some other words are used. I will read it for you here. Stir up is awake in Greek. 
it is basically something like a sea being agitated by a strong wind. So um, we need to stir up, stir up like a storm is stirring up the sea waters. Like that, you need to be stirred up. You need to be awakened. And when you are awakened, then the sleep will not be able to touch you. It will not be able to touch you. The purpose is to stay awake for the present life and in the light of second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why did he keep awake? Because Jesus is coming. Why did he keep awake? Tell your neighbor. Because Jesus is coming. There is an accusation in this, in this epistle, he says. The people are asking the same question. What are they asking? They are asking the question, first of all, you must understand, sorry, uh, he says in, uh, in somewhere else, he says in uh, verse 3 and 4, that in the last day, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? They are going to ask the question, where is this pro uh, coming that he promised? He says he's coming, where is he? Life is going on. From, from the creation of the world, as the world is going on, it's still going on, now, things are going normal. So how can, how can we say that it's going to come back? You know, when I was young, I subscribed for a magazine. Every month they will send out the magazine, and when I open the magazine, they talk about Antichrist, who it could be. It could be the US president or the Russian president, you know, those kinds of speculation and a lot of writing to stir up people because Jesus is coming. After some time I got tired and I stopped subscription to that. And then I said, 2,000 years have passed, Jesus has not come. What are the chances that he's going to come in my lifetime? So I stopped thinking about second coming altogether. I am not just a sample of those kind of people who are indifferent to second coming. There are many Christians living like that. I was one of them. I was one of them. I want to give you my testimony here. My testimony, when I say my experience, how God dealt with me and awakened me from this sleep. It was my deliberate choice not to think about Christ's coming. It was my deliberate choice not to read about it. It was my deliberate choice not to live an expectant life. And God had to wake me up. So in the year 2016, one night when I was praying, he said to me, when these things happen in Israel, what are the things? There will be election. And after the election, the government cannot be formed and then they'll go for another election in less than three months. And then you will know that beginning of the end of the end times has begun. And in 2019, I was at work when I read the news that the Israel had elections. And uh, uh, in less than 30 days, they could not form the government. Netanyahu failed. There was no opposition to come and claim to form the government. And they reordered elections. Then I called Seema home and said, we have entered into the beginning of the end of the end times. 2019. Afterwards, you got COVID struck. And afterwards, Russia has invaded Ukraine. And afterwards, uh, you got North Korea blasting so many missiles into the air every month. It's unusual for a country to send five or six missiles in a month. So much is happening. And recent, uh, uh, recently we see China, Xi Jinping has become the prime minister again. He renewed his thing. Every person can only stay in power for two terms. Afterwards, he has to go home. But he's so f powerful, he made the Congress to uh, vote him into power a third time. Dangerous sign. 
I want you to be awakened. Why? The world, in the, in the world you got uh, Putin there in Russia who has been there in power for nearly 20 years now. And here is another person who is going to the third term. And you got some, somebody else in India who is doing the same kind of a thing. And then in North Korea, you got a guy who is only a handful of people who are controlling the whole world. And they are going to come together and fight against Israel. They are going to come together and fight against Israel. This is ultimately going to happen. It is a question of when, not if. Is it going to happen? It's going to happen. The Lord awakened me from my sleep about the second coming. Now, since then, I've become more focused on the second coming part. 2,000 years are over, but now, how long is it going to be before he comes? So many times I think about this question. In my mind, I have my own calculations. I don't want to bore you with that. But I somehow feel we do not have a lot of time. At the most, 20 years. You stretch it 20 years. Because the way things are progressing in the world, it is going to be even much sooner. I, I, I shared on the Friday night that how Russia is planning to attack the satellites of US, which is controlling and um, which is uh, giving communication to uh, people in Ukraine, the positions of their um, uh, the soldiers and where are the troops. They are able to see, take the photographs and send that information to Ukraine. And Ukraine people are able to destroy their tanks and, you know, they are having a great, great time um, of returning, pushing them backward. So they said, if you don't stop it, we are going to blow your satellite. The war is moving from earth to heaven. The war is moving from earth to heavens. Things are becoming dangerous every day. And Christ's coming is not very far. It's not very far. It's not very far. And we may think it is a nuclear bomb that is going to uh, bring the world an end. It is not going to be the nuclear war. It can be there. It can happen. And I was just thinking about many other things. When you read the news, I tell you, you need to think. So I was reading about the news recently about an asteroid. What's an asteroid? It's uh, just a stone floating in the space somewhere between Mars and other kind of things. There are millions of them floating there. But once in a while, they lose their orbit and come, and then come and hit the Earth. And if one of them comes and hits, which is one kilometer in diameter, if it comes and hits the earth, entire life can be wiped out on earth. Most of the time, small asteroids come. A handful of uh, a hand-sized asteroid enters the earth, it gets burnt up, and then you see meteors. What is earth? A tiny planet. One asteroid, which is one kilometer, can come and hit it's going to destroy the earth completely. They said the dinosaurs were killed by one of those asteroid hits long time ago, 600 million years ago, they say, whatever it is. The point I'm trying to make is our life is fragile. The powers these individuals are controlling the nations are thinking that they are the powerful people, but they do not have any power. It is God who is seated on the throne, and he is the one who decrees, and when he decrees, life will cease. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is a lamb of God who is worthy to open the seals. And when he opens the seals, cataclysmic things are going to happen in the, on the face of the earth. And we are living in this kind of difficult times. Am I trying to terrify you? No. I'm trying to awaken you. 
This is what Peter's purpose is. His purpose is to stir your mind, to stimulate you into wholesome thinking. This is the wholesome thinking. That's why he's talking about the second coming here. And what else he's talking about here? In verse 2, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. He's talking about two things here. You have the Old Testament. The word spoken by the prophets is the whole entire Old Testament. He's approving it. And the apostles heard the words from the mouth of Jesus, the teachings from Jesus, and they wrote about it, they prophesied, and is putting the words of the prophets, or the words of the apostles, on par with the words of the prophets. So you have the New Testament and the Old Testament on the same level of inspiration, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. We have talked about this in the previous messages. Um, you can go back and listen on the, on the podcast. So you can listen to it again. And then he says, he, this is not something new. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, he thinks, I think it right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder. So why is he writing this? To stir you up. Stir up the listeners, the recipients of the letter, to stir them up his writing. And he says, stir you up um, by way of reminder, in the light of his death, which is imminent as Lord Jesus Christ revealed to him. That is, he says, well, the Lord told me when I'm going to die. So I am now going to die. Therefore, he says, I want to stir you up before I die. Now, many things, what, why is this important is, when Peter, the apostle, is writing this letter and stirring them up, there was a reason. Because when Jesus was going up, the apostles and the many disciples have seen him being taken up by a cloud. And he, before he was taken up, he said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. And John the Apostle, when he saw the vision uh, on the Patmos, and he says, I am, behold, I am coming very soon. I'm coming very soon. And the apostles thought that Jesus is coming back. And imagine AD 33, when Christ was crucified, was rose again from the dead. And from then on, when the teaching is going on for 30, 40 years, one by one, the apostles were being, being put to death. And the apostle John was the one, last one to die. And when all the apostles were dying, the people start asking the question, where is his coming? Where is his coming? World is going on. Life is going on as it is, as from the, from the beginning of the creation. Where is his coming? That question has been going through for 2,000 years. But now that will not be asked another, another 100 years, it will not go like that. It will not be another 1,000 years. No, the coming is very, very soon. What is the authority for me to say that? It's just that the Lord awakened me from my slumber, from my sleep. And that's the reason why I'm able to say to you, awake, his coming is very soon. Don't be asleep, his coming is very soon. If he's going to come very soon, how should we then live? That's the point. How should then we live? That is why Peter, Apostle, Apostle Peter is writing this episode to stir them up for wholesome thinking. Not to be asleep. Jude is not far behind. Jude chapter 1 verse 17 he says, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying the same thing. Remember the predictions of our uh, coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
In 2 Peter verse 16, we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. Christ is going to come back with power. It is certain. In the Bible, you have got many words to describe these end times. You will come across the words like um, later days, the day of the Lord. Various words are used. The day of the Lord, mentioned in the Bible. Second uh, Peter 3, 4, 3 verses 1 to 4. Day of judgment that climaxes with the return of Christ to earth. The day of the Lord, 2 Peter 3.12, is the period when God's people enjoy the new heavens and the new earth when all evil has been judged. The day of Christ, these are the words in the Bible. When you see the word day of Christ, it means relates to the coming of Christ for his church. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 7 to 9. Philippians 1, verse 10. Chapter 2, verse 16. The last day, the last days, last times, later times, later years, they all have different meanings. It is going to be another message. I am not going to do it today. But I just want you to know that when you see those words, they all don't mean the same thing. They have different meanings. But they all talk about the end times. It is a wake-up call for me. As I was studying, I said, oh, I need to know more about these things. I need to know more about these things. So what we need to do is, what these people did is, they were scoffing. They became scoffers. Where is this coming? They were scoffing. They were scoffing. They were making fun about it. But the word of the Lord is permanent forever. You can join the scoffers or you can join the party that believes the word of God. Which one you want to join this morning? If you join the scoffers, you'll be wiped away with them. But if you believe the word of God, you'll be established, you'll be blessed, you'll be redeemed. You will meet Christ face to face when he comes and you're going to be raptured. Whatever is going to happen, you will be with him forever and ever and ever, whatever is the process. Ultimately, you're going to be with Christ forever and ever. That's a great hope. That's a great hope. This is the same thing Enoch talks about. In verses 2 to 3, prophets and our Lord both have talked about his second coming. So you got three things there. Old Testament, New Testament, and Jesus Christ. Everything is ratified by one statement of Peter here. Everything is saying is all right. Apostles taught the same. False teachers are asking, where is his coming? That's promised. When would he come? Things are going on just as before since the creation of the world. Enoch taught the same things. That is written in the book of Jude. Chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Jude 1, 18. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. The basic problem of all the people who do not want to expect the second coming of Christ is they will live an unholy life, ungodly life. But if you believe in the second coming of Christ, how should you live? Holy life. That's very important. If you believe in the second coming of Christ, you ought to be people who will be living a holy life. That's why Peter is trying to stir them up. 
stir their thinking, to wake them up from slumber. Now, when we talk about prophets, I'll just give you a sample of what are the, what are the words the different prophets have spoken. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 19, who say, let him be quick. See, this is the problem. People always have got a struggle to accept the word of God. They want to resist the word of God. They want to dilute the word of God. They want to circumvent the word of God. They want to somehow not come under the word of God. This is man's fallen sinful nature. Look at what Isaiah lived 700 years before Christ. And he says the same thing here. Who say, let him be quick. Let him speed his work that we may see it. Let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw near and let it come that we may know it. What are they trying? They're challenging God. They're challenging God. Let his words come true. We are here to see it. Jeremiah talks about it, verse 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 15. Behold, they say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come. This is Christian people also. Jewish people are, are the people who ask this question. And it is the same thing happening in the churches. The Christians are asking the same questions. They are asking the same questions. And then you see in Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 22. Son of man, what is this proverb that you have about the land of Israel? Saying, the days grow long and every vision comes to nothing. They are challenging the visions of the prophets. It is all going to be nothing. It is not going to happen. That's what is, he's talking about. Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 27. Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, the vision that he sees is for many days from now, and he prophesies of times far off, not for now. All those things are gone now. We are in the end of the end times. We are stepped into the end of the end times. It is the same thing Malachi writes in chapter 2, verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have you wearied him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? When injustice happens, when your prayer is not answered, when your pain does not go away quickly, when you are going through difficult times, you are asking the same question, where is he? Where is this God? What happens to his word that he has spoken? That's the reason why he uses the word, dear friends, my beloved. He's going to challenge us. My beloved. Do not be like that. Psalm 24, verse 2. For he has founded it upon the seas. Oh, sorry, this is a different thing. How sure are these words? Verse, four, uh, verse 3 onwards. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Verse 4. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Verse 5. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water by water. He created everything, visible things, from invisible, inv invisible things. When he said, let there be light, what did he use to create light? When he says, let there be heavens and the earth, what did he use to create heaven and the earth? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, he created everything fiat, you know, just a decrease. By fiat. He created everything. Just by saying it, 
from invisible things, he created visible things. If he can create visible things from invisible things, can he make the visible things into invisible things? He can. That means he can destroy what he created. He has a right to destroy what he created. No one can challenge him. No one can challenge him. So how did God create? Through the waters. I am not a scientist here. I am trying to explain. This is Peter's word here. Okay. <laughs> he says everything has come from the waters. Never forget the long ago by God's word the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. It is very difficult to understand Peter. And I tell you he was stirring up to hold some thinking. And when I was studying this passage, I was awakened and I had to struggle with under, how to understand this passage. It was a big difficult job. Peter, was, I always thought, was a simple disciple of all the people. No. When you read the epistle, you know he's not the simplest. It's so difficult to understand him. And I'm being challenged by what he wrote here. And I'm being stirred up. I'm being um, awakened. So by these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. What is he talking about? Noah's time. How did God destroy Noah, the world in Noah's time? By the water, the same water. And how did people react to when Noah said there's going to be a flood? They laughed at him. They scoffed at him. Then what happened? The waters came. How long it took? He took 120 years to build the ark. 120 years when he was taking the hammer and driving the nails through the different wood pieces and the shape, is, the shape of the ark is coming up. They said, why do you need this ark? When did it rain? We've never seen rain in our lifetime. We've never seen life in, for hundreds of years. We've never seen rain. Why are you building this ark? What is of use? 120 years later, when God opened the heavens and the earth, the water came from heaven, water came from the, under the earth. Scientists are today saying that if you dig deep inside, the rocks have got a, such a formation of, um, such a, the molecules of the rocks are in such formation that they have water molecules attached to it. And under certain, they are under high pressure right now, under deep under the earth, under a lot of pressure. But if you remove it and bring it to surface, that water will come out of the molecule, water molecules separate. That means what? The God wants, he can release water from under the earth. And many scientists think that there's a lot of fire somewhere in the center of the earth. That fire is enough to burn it down. If God desires, just like he brought the water out to deluge and kill the whole planet, he can release the fire. That's why Peter says, as he has finished the earth with water. Next he's not going to use water anymore because he promised. He put a rainbow as a sign. And every time you see a rainbow, it's a promise that God will never again destroy the whole earth with water. Then what, how is he going to destroy? With fire. Psalmist had the understanding that everything was created by waters. For he has founded it upon the seas. Psalm 136.6, to him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. Look at the creation. Let it become a way to praise him. Psalmist 
if you want to compare with our uh, any young boy of a 10 i mean who is going to year 10 he knows more science than king david did you agree but he knew better than a 10 a year 10 student can ever say it he knew the truth and he is able to say to him who spread out the earth above the waters for his steadfast love endures forever he was able to connect with this god who spread out the earth from the waters Creation is done by the power of God's word. Genesis 1.6 says, God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. Genesis 1.9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. It was so. When God says, it will be so. What we need in our life is that living word that created heavens and the earth. That living word is the one that should come to you through the power of the Holy Ghost. When that word comes to you, you will not be asleep anymore. You will be awakened fully when that word comes to you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Psalm 33 verse 6, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. Everything is created by his breath. And Hebrews 11.3, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Invisible things God uses. His own word. And that becomes a reality. God who created has power to end it. If he had power to create it, he has power to end it. This is what we have to go back home today with. If he created you, he can finish you. But he will not do it. Why? He's God who is merciful. So he says, one of the reasons in the later verses when you read in chapter 3, he says, why does he not come back quickly? Why does he not come back quickly? Because he wants to be merciful so that everybody may be saved. That's the reason of delay. Why does not Christ come back so quickly? So that everybody may be saved. He gives opportunity, after opportunity, after opportunity. I remember a long time ago, one day when I was praying, I saw an aircraft in the air, in the prayer. And then I, I, I hear the words, 162 people are there in it. And then it's going down. The engines are failing, it's going down. And I said, Lord, how can I pray for these people? And how can I change the uh, outcome of this vision that you're giving me? So I said, Lord, give them one more chance in the name of Jesus. Give them one more chance. Give them one more chance. Give them one more chance. That's all I prayed. Give them one more chance. And I was waiting, switch on the TV, because I want to see whether what I heard is right or wrong. And in the evening, I see the, um, nothing on the TV. Then I go on the internet and search. There was a flight that was having problems with landing, and 162 people came out safe. God answers prayer. This is what we need. You determine what happens in the world when you are on your knees. You will determine what will happen, what, what will happen by your prayer. You will change the outcome in the world because that is what God has given you power to do. The point is, are you willing to be on your knees and pray and change the things in the world? I heard a long time ago a preacher about, uh, speaking about uh, um, uh, Samral. Huh? Lester Samral. And he noticed, he was following him. The young man was following uh, Lester Samral. 
Lesser Seminole was standing in front of a, a big um, uh, wall, and there's a world map there. And this man was hiding behind a, um, a pillar to see what is this guy, how is he going to pray? And he just stands there and he, he, he moves his stick and says, that king, uh, that president is a good man, establish him. And this guy is very wicked guy, remove him. He was going on different countries, he was praying. You can determine the outcome of what is happening in the, in the world scene. By your prayer, you can change. By your prayer, you can change. But if you don't want to read news, how are you going to pray for the nations? How can you pray for nations if you don't want to understand the news? News is not for entertainment. News is not for giving you information. How quickly the world is going down. It is to change the world. Your prayer can change, save somebody. There are times I have seen in prayer, when I'm in prayer, I saw a man in a, with, a, with a turban and on his knees, wearing long trousers, you know, those uh, Middle Eastern kind of uh, attire. And he was holding his hands and he was praying. And for one week I prayed, Lord, whatever is his need, let that need be met in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever is his need, let his need be met in Jesus' name. I don't know who he is. I don't know his name, which country he is from. When you are on your knees, God tells you what to pray for. And to partner with God is a great privilege. To partner with God is a great privilege. The question is, what is your call on your life? Are you being awakened this morning? Are you being uh, shaken from your slumber? Are you wanting to become partnering with God? Prayer is the only way you can partner with God. Prayer is the only way you can shake things. The destiny of countries depends on your prayer. The destiny of many people who are suffering, fleeing from Ukraine, fleeing from Russia, fleeing from North Korea, fleeing from so many different countries, is depending on your prayer. Would you like to be more praying from today? Peter is saying, I want to stir you up. I want to stir you up. I want you to have a wholesome thinking about the second coming of Christ. I want you to have a full understanding of the second coming of Christ. And this leads us to another question, which I am not going to deal today. The other next question is, is the earth going to be renewed or restored? Is it going to be renewed or restored? What is renewal? That means the world as it is will be there, but it will be made new. It's like you buy a old house, you do up and make it a new house. It's renewal. But if it is going to be restored, sorry, renewal. Renewal is something entirely making new, completely making new. Restored is you are going to repair and restore it. You are going to repair and restore it. Is this world going to pass away and everything is God going to create new heaven and new earth, or He's going to renew this earth? Wait for two weeks. We'll talk about it. Shall we pray? Rikaravarana mandalastekirene. Bahasere saktaro rohundavarano. 
ರೇ ನಮ ಸಕ್ತರೆ ಸಕಸ್ತರನು ಶಬರನ ಸಾಂದರೆ ಹೆಸೆ ಕಾರ ಸೆಕ್ತೆ ಬಾರನು ಸಾಬಾರೇಕೆ ಸೇಂದ್ರಿಸ್ತೇಕರಣಿ ಹೋಲಿ ಗೋಸ್ಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಹೋಲಿ ಗೋಸ್ಟ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಯು ಓಪನ್ ಯುವರ್ ಹಾರ್ಟ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಅವೇಕನ್ ಯು ನಾವು ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಟಚ್ ಯುವರ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಟ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಪುಟ್ ಫಯರ್ ಇನ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಪುಟ್ ಫಯರ್ ಇನ್ ಯು ರೈಟ್ ನಾವು ಇಸ್ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಪುಟ್ ಫಯರ್ ಇನ್ ಯು ಸೊ ದಟ್ ದಟ್ ಸ್ಲೀಪ್ ವಿಲ್ ಗಾನ್ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ಗಾನ್ ದ ಸ್ಲಂಬರ್ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ಗಾನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ಆನ್ ಯುವರ್ ನೀಸ್ ಪ್ರೇಯಿಂಗ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಸ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಟು ಪೋರ್ ಔಟ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಪ್ರೇಯರ್ ಅಪಾನ್ ಯು ನಾವ್ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ದ ಹೋಲಿ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಪ್ರೇ ಬಟ್ ಅನ್ಲೆಸ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಇನ್ವೈಟಿಂಗ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಅನ್ಲೆಸ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಪಾರ್ಟ್ನರಿಂಗ್ ವಿತ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಅನ್ಲೆಸ್ ಆರ್ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಬಿ ಆನ್ ಯುವರ್ ನೀಸ್ ಟ್ರಾವೆಲಿಂಗ್ ಹೌ ಇಸ್ ಯು ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಪ್ರೇ ಥ್ರೂ ಯು ಸೊ ಇಸ್ ದ ಕ್ವೆಶನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಮಾರ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ಡೂ ಯು ವಾಂಟ್ ಟು ಪಾರ್ಟ್ನರ್ ವಿತ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಡೂ ಯು ವಾಂಟ್ ಟು ಅವೇಕನ್ ಅಪ್ do you want to say to the lord i am going to be partnering with you i want to change this world i want to share the gospel in the power of the holy ghost i want to see people healed delivered and uh, um, i want the blind eyes to be opened i want deaf ears to be opened i want dumb to speak i want lame to walk i want to raise the dead all these things are possible only when you change your mind when you awaken when you are stirred up when you are going to become a man of prayer woman of prayer things are going to be different life will not be boring anymore it is going to be so exciting to partner with god if that is the desire in your heart just respond to the lord and stand up where you are and we are going to ask the holy spirit to put that fire in you to put that perspective in you to change you to give you new strength new vision new power reshaka barana mande rahasakte kirane roboro sandarasto mahasaktere nishabaranasto kororo sambarane marasaktere kororo shande rahasakte kere bandasto korono lord we are in the end times you are coming very soon and i ask you father as your children have rest responded to your word and standing up let that fire fall upon them the same fire of god father that you sent when elijah prayed i am praying now the same fire will come but oh god father the different result with a different result i pray that life will come that i pray that the eyes will be open to have a vision of christ and the end times and i pray oh god that you will also show them how important it is that they can uh, they can uh, father partner with you and be oh god men and women of prayer to change the outcome to change the world so i pray holy ghost come with power upon your children come with power 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 let your glory come let a glory come let a glory come let a glory come let a glory come touch them in the might of jesus thank you father thank you holy spirit thank you for touching your children raise up this church to become a praying church everybody traveling upon their knees because somebody's destiny somebody's future is going to be altered changed for good when they are traveling on their knees let the spirit of prayer fall upon the children this morning to the glory of your name raise up a praying church the glory of your name before a revival comes the church will be a praying church and i praise you once again for the revival that is coming i praise you lord for the revival that is coming i praise you lord for the revival that is coming in the city of christ church in the nation of new zealand and into the world i thank you for the revival that is coming i thank you i thank you i thank you for the revival because you are sending the spirit of revival this morning i thank you for the spirit of revival in our midst touching people changing people and i worship you jesus i fall at your feet worship you lord in jesus mighty name we pray everybody said amen amen thanks for joining us at omega if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough 
or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.